two, three, go. Hey, everybody. It's B&B Banter Bros. This is Aaron Banyan. Uh, Timothy Bennett, and I need to turn Aaron down. My God, Ooh. you're just blowing up over there. Sorry if I screamed in your ear. All right. It's okay. Volume <laughs> control. Right. Stop yelling at everybody. Why are you yelling? Y'all deserved it. <laughs> All right. So, what are we, episode six? Yes, this would be the sixth episode. So, yeah. So, I think we've circled back to music again. Um, yep. So I think the last time we did music, we kind of just chatted about kind of the music we were into, went over a couple questions here and there, kind of gave an overview of what we were into, but uh, I think this week we're going to get a little more in-depth about some of the stuff we listen to. Um, I know Tim and I talked about some of our favorite songwriters. uh, Like particularly artists and songwriters, less about like a whole band and more of a just good lyricist and... Yeah, musicians most definitely um and then uh, we're gonna go over the fact that we listened to abbey road like we said we would the last music episode yep. yeah um i think tim and i are gonna have differing opinions on the <laughs> on the whole thing because i'm decidedly not a beatles guy <laughs> um, i mean i don't i don't mind the beatles i, I like them but i i, I don't go out there buying their shit either so. right i personally like could give less than a shit about the Beatles. I understand what they did for music, but like musically, like they don't do much for me. So there's like one or two songs that I kind of get into, and then the rest is kind of like, eh. well, the thing about the Beatles though, <clears throat> and I had just told you before we started this podcast was in school when I was in school for audio engineering at yeah. MMI uh, Media. Uh, Minneapolis Media Institute. You don't need to advertise for them. <laughs> well, I, I love being there, man. <laughs> uh, it was it was a great school. It's fun. Right. Um, I <clears throat> had to listen to the White Album, and we were dealing with um, kind of those, like those bands that knew how to play well together, and mm-hmm. that they recorded live and all this stuff. Because obviously, engineering. Yeah, we were we were learning how to yeah. mic shit up and mic shit up properly, and all this stuff. Right. And the White Album was that master album of theirs. I mean. Well, yeah, I think that's the one that everyone thinks of first when they think of the Beatles. Probably. Like, I, at least in my mind, that's the cover I see. If I ever think of a Beatles album, is the cover of the White Album. Yeah. So, um, hence why it's called the White Album. Well, right. <laughs> but, it's the easiest thing to think of. Right. But it was one of those where the band, the Beatles, were bar was a bar band. They, they learned to play together so yeah. well, and they used to just play in bars and stuff before they actually made... You know, made it big or made whatever started making studio albums. Sure. But that album particularly was recorded live in such a way that you really saw that they were in tune together. Yeah. And then when they did those, I mean, not saying that they didn't do live, you know, recordings on mm-hmm. other albums. I know they did for most of those songs on Abbey Road, um, but which you can fucking tell. Um, Mm. Sorry, we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> but uh, it was one of those things where the White Album was the first album I ever listened to. I right. mean, I knew the songs, obviously, some some <coughs> of those songs. Uh, sure. I probably couldn't have told you when I was a kid, oh, is this the Beatles? Is right. The, no, no, I mean. We'll get, we'll get into it, but there was a song on Abbey Road where I was like, oh, I've heard this song all the time. And I looked at Chelsea and was like, I didn't know this was the Beatles. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> well, Adam, let's Adam, just call really? you Adam. <laughs> Apparently have been replaced. Aram. Oh, my God. Jesus. That's what I think yes, of Yes, Jim. You. Take that. <laughs> um, Take that. Shay. How's it feel? Shay. 
kind of <laughs> Jimmy. Um, yeah, why don't we hear what you have to say Roll first? Roll into it. Um, Abbey Road. Yeah, Abbey Road. I started starting from track one. Uh, this is the first Beatles album I've ever listened to. Again, I'll state I'm not a Beatles guy, uh, but in the interest of broadening my horizons, I took a listen. Um, Come Together is obviously, that's the first track, first of all. Um, that's obviously a classic of theirs. Uh, if you don't know Come Together, then you're fucking fooling yourself. You're living under a rock. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't have a lot to say about that. It's, it's a classic. So, I mean, you know, you hear it everywhere. I mean, even that opening riff is, like, prevalent everywhere. So, like, you know, um, so I'm going to move quickly on to the second track, which is just called Something. Uh, and I starred a bunch of these because they've they're songs I've heard before. And something which now thinking about it, I can't recall what it sounds like, but I wrote down that I found it boring. <laughs> um, and a lot of these were just like to me. And I don't know if it was the time because looking at it, I think this is, you know, later on in their career. So I think they were on a lot of drugs at this point. Um this was just like kind of a boring whatever song to me. Um, like I say, I can't remember the, the song itself too well. Um, well, I'm going to look up the lyrics just to remind me. So when you mean boring, you ju- you you personally didn't feel the song? Like it just didn't click with you? It just, it just didn't, didn't do much for me. Um, it... There's a number of songs that did, that were like that on this song, this album for me, uh, and you know this could just be the fact that I don't care for the Beatles, so like I'm really kind of biased, right? Um, there were some songs okay. that I didn't mind. Uh, moving on from something, I, I, Maxwell Silver Hammer, I thought was very interesting musically, um, lyrically, it's super dark. Uh, which I found very intriguing because of the way the, the song itself was very upbeat, but it's all about a guy murdering people and then being caught and executed. And I thought that was super interesting. Um, so I kind of dug that song. A little darker than you would expect for the well, Beatles. Yeah, especially the, with the way it started out. I was like, oh, this is kind of an upbeat tune. And then, like, the, you know, this opening of Bang Bang, you know, goes Maxwell Silver Hammer. And then these t- they're talking about him, like, taking it and using it on somebody. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. And I was like, did I ever hear that right? <laughs> I had to look up the lyrics to actually figure out how dark that, that whole thing was. Cause like I missed bits of it. Cause like I was in the car when I was listening to it. And like, I got to the point where they were like talking about him being tried. And I was like, wait a minute, what happened? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it, I dug that one. Um, that was pretty <coughs> good. Oh, darling, which is the next track I've heard before. Um, and I actually really dig that one. Um, the one note that I did make on it was, didn't they make this a Christmas song? Because <laughs> um, I swear the the music for it is in a Christmas song. Or at least something very close. Very well could have. Um, I mean, everybody's got to dip their pen in that. Well, yeah. I would, you know, John holiday, Lennon's done it a couple times. Right, holiday albums. I despise holiday Corey taylor's merry fucking christmas is probably my only holiday song right but i don't good mind reason. i don't mind the classics like i grew up in, like burl lives and stuff like that like i don't mind him but that's because i remember him fondly as a child like watching rudolph and stuff like that 
Um, so, oh, darling, I thought it was good. Like, say, I like in my mind, my biggest issue was like, didn't they use this as a Christmas song? Uh, moving on from that is uh, Octopus's Garden, which was a very upbeat song, uh, lyrically very weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I put a note in, you know, maybe I'm too sober for this song. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people do relate that song to uh, getting high or tripping on acid or whatever. Which I can only imagine a number of their songs are about that. Right. <laughs> I mean, they were they they didn't hide the fact that they did LSD and oh and no, shit like well, that. yeah, fucking. Well, they have a song about LSD, so... What, uh, Walk Hard, is that the film where... Yeah, they do kinda, the Dewey Cox. Yeah, poke, poke fun at that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, like, well, the Beatles want me to go hang out with them, so I'm going to go do that. <laughs> I think it's... Um, Paul Rudd plays John Lennon, Justin Long is George Harrison, and I can't remember the other two. Isn't Jack Black in there? Maybe he's Paul McCartney. He might be Paul remember. McCartney. You don't remember... It's been a long time since I've seen yeah, that. I remember just Justin Long as George Harrison because I don't think he says a fucking word in the whole scene. Yeah, and then um, who's the who's the black guy in that? Uh, oh, Tim Meadows? Yes, Tim Meadows. I knew his name was Tim. I couldn't remember his last name. Part of me wanted to say uh, uh, Tommy something, but I was like, that's not the right person at all. Tommy Davidson? Yes, that's who I oh, thought I it know, was. No, not Davidson. at all. I'm like, that's not the right person at all. Um, Tommy Davidson was never on SNL. No, he was on Mad TV, I think. No, he was an In Living Color. Phil Lamar was on Mad TV. It's all the same shit. I know. I only I, watched, for the most part, SNL, and I stopped yeah, I grew up point. on In Living Color, so... Oh, I, I watched it. Yeah. I, well, I just, I never don't play watched, that. Right. That was I, never watched, I never watched SNL, and I watched a little bit of Mad TV, but... Man, I did. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, that we're moving in the wrong, <laughs> the wrong territory. I told you it was going to happen. <laughs> um, but they, they kind of poked fun, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and I just... I remember that. They poke fun at a lot of things in that movie. They did. They did. It's it's severely underrated. And my favorite part in that whole movie, and I swear to God, I don't know why, is when Eddie Vedder introduces him at the end of <laughs> the, the movie, and he's like, "Thank you, Eddie Vedder." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't think it's maybe just because like he made fun of Eddie Vedder, and I don't like Eddie Vedder's face. <laughs> but, but he's like the face of the '90s. He's the face of grunge, and I and mean, the '90s. Yeah. I don't know. I have some about Eddie Vedder's face, especially now that he's gotten older, just irritates the shit it's out of me. Because he hasn't changed. Yeah, it's, he hasn't changed his look. He's, yeah, it's probably, probably part of it. He's been he's been wearing probably the exact same. I swear, shirt there's and an actor that looks just like him, and I don't know his name. But there's an actor that looks a lot like him, except like maybe a little fatter. Um, and he's acted about. I remember him distinctly from an episode of Law and Order SVU. Yeah. Um, but. I thought Bradley Cooper kind of looked like him in A Star Was Born, or Star Is Born. Yeah? He kind of had that. I haven't seen that movie, but it was excellent. We're getting off topic again. Goddamn movies. (laughs) Um, Fucking ruin our our podcast. Moving to the next song. Uh, So we did Octopus's Garden. Uh, I Want You, She's So Heavy. Uh, I, I dug that it was a bluesy kind of song. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I wrote that the church organ in it was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I said, I kind of dug that I one. Agree. Uh, Here Comes the Sun. Um, heard very, that song before. Very popular it's song. Upbeat. It's good background music to me, but like, it's not a song I'd go out of my way to listen to. It's kind of boring. To me, it's overly played. Uh, yeah, that's why it's not the hard to it. do with the Beatles songs. Right, because they're for sure. Very popular, but that <clears throat> that song in general is very... Yeah. Very overplayed. Yeah, for sure. It's it's on like 
so many different movies and yeah. TVs. Yep. Like people just fucking they, pepper it in there like it's seasoning. Yep. It's not. Uh, it's the Beatles. Right. It's um, protein. Because was the next track. Um, it was a darker in tone. I it felt like it was almost atmospheric to some degree. Again, kind of bored me. Mm-hmm. A lot of their stuff, it seemed like they were just kind of riffing. Um, I even make note of that later on when the things, were. things go kind of sideways. Uh, the next track would be You Never Give Me Your Money, which I thought was it's a slower song. I thought the music itself was good. Lyrically, I was kind of just not impressed with. I was a little confused myself. I'm like, I'm not really understanding yeah, I, why I this is a song, like lyrically. Yeah, I didn't I didn't care for the lyrics, but I thought the music itself was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, mean Mr. Mustard, or no, sorry, I missed one. Uh, Sun King was boring right off the bat to me, and then the Spanish really threw me off. <laughs> uh, I got very confused for a second, like, what's happening? Like, yeah, not that they can't sing in Spanish, but like, why? It just like it did. It didn't make sense. It to almost me. broke up the whole album. Because yeah, of it, yeah. It, it so fucking weird. And then we get into all these songs where like, Mean blitz. Mr. Mustard, Polythene Pam. Uh, you know, I think up until up until the last track, everything before the last track was under two minutes. Yeah, a little and, blip. And, like, the they only were, one that I really dug was called She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. <laughs> um, I, I, made the, I made the note at that point, like, because it was the third in, the ro- in the third in a row that was, like, a minute something. I was like, are they just riffing? Like, because yeah. they flowed together so well that, like, like, I thought they were just doing random stuff and just chopping it to it, make it songs. It was, like, demo. It was demo yeah. songs kind of thing. Yeah, something like, you would see on an EP album, not a their last studio album. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, so, like, we got through... Mean Mr. Mustard, Polythene Pam, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window, Golden Slumbers was one that I had heard before and didn't know it was a Beatles song. Um, I don't know where I heard it. It might have been watching Glee. I might have heard it. Uh-huh. Um, and then probably Carry That Weight was another one I'd heard. Uh, didn't really understand that it was a Beatles song. This is If you haven't figured out, I don't give a shit about the Beatles. <laughs> like... They're fine, but like I don't give a shit. Yeah. So I'm not gonna know all this stuff. Nothing then, is too profound for you, right? In, in this. And then we got to the end, and the only note I made about the end, so- the song, the end was we're back up past two minutes. Like, <laughs> did you listen to the hidden track? The, on the end track, the, uh, Her uh, Majesty. Yeah, Her Majesty. The short. I, it was fine. Like it was a nice little ditty. I thought it was kind of cool, but. It was like I didn't. It didn't give me enough time to invest in anything. Like it was like I noticed it was on, and then it was done. Yeah. So that was originally cut out. Yeah. And then um, George Garris or George Harrison? No, no, no. The engineer. Oh. Okay. Um, <laughs> Not the silent member of the Beatles. No, the engineer. <laughs> I think put uh, George Martin. That was his name. Um, who George produced R. the R. album? <laughs> It's way before his time. Well, I don't know about way before <laughs> his time. you see the way he looks? I can't right. be that far before his time. He was probably a kid. But uh, <laughs> no, it was George Martin. He was the producer of the album. He put it back in there, I think. And it, it was just that one thing. I think it was actually George Harrison. Was it? Who I thought it sounded like Paul cut, McCartney singing. Who cut, well, no, I'm oh, saying who oh, cut oh. it out. He didn't like it, so he tried to cut it out. Because back then they used actual reel. Oh, sure, sure, It sure. wasn't digital. They just, yeah, I suppose. It was real tape, so he cut it off. And I guess that George Martin or somebody put it back in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. Track. Interesting. So, I think he was like the only one that didn't like it compared to the Beatles. There's a couple songs that I guess 
one person loved it, everybody else hated it. Yeah. And then there's kind of vice versa where um, everybody loved it and one person hated it. And right. At that point, I guess you get vetoed out. Right. <laughs> the majority sure. rules. So. Yeah. But um, that's like watching Metalocalypse when they're trying to record that oh album. God, Metalocalypse. <laughs> I haven't seen that. Not since to veer us off topic, but that's just what, oh what I think of when they're trying to record on water, and Nathan <laughs> just keeps dumping out vials of water that are like songs they recorded. I I should rewatch that shit. I hadn't watched that stuff since I moved before I moved up here. Yeah. When uh, I'd be coming home show. after after the bars would close, and I'd be drunk or yeah. whatever, and I'd watch that shit Cartoon Network late at night. Yeah. So Adult Swim. Yep. That is. That that's some memories, although I'm amazed I remembered anything. <laughs> that's all I see is Nathan just dumping out one of the songs he didn't like it, and you hear pickles go, "Mother douchebag." What is it, Sven? Squizgar? Maybe yeah. Squizgar, Who's the guitarist? Yeah. He's yeah. the guitarist, and he's the was, lead guitarist. And yeah. then Toki yeah. Wartooth is the rhythm guitarist. But he was always trying to master that that one just mind blowingly riff. He's legit always like playing his guitar. Like, yeah. Except yeah. for the point where they figure out that he's, like, allergic to something and, like, he ends up getting it on his hand so, like, they, like, blow up <laughs> and he can't yeah. play. That is very death lock. Yep. Death yep. clock, yeah. Yep. I, it's been a long... I should rewatch that. That and, uh... Oh, God. Uh, Frisky Dingo. Yeah. And that was before... Ar- that like was Archer the animators, animators of Archer before Archer was yeah. around. So I don't know if it was the same people, but the animation was the same. Wouldn't surprise me. Anyway, off topic. Yeah, sorry. So your your conclusion of this album, you you I listened mean, to I, it. There were some songs that I liked, but again, I'm not a Beatles guy. I'm not a classic rock guy in general. Yeah, um, that's true. Like, it's not in your repertoire. Yeah, it's and it's you know it's been one of those pe- things that like everyone has like some point of contention with me about that. Like somehow I don't respect it, and it's like I respect it. I just don't listen to it. If it's on, it's on. It's yeah. not like you go change the channel or some shit. It's yeah. just if you it's had to country. choose something. Yeah. Then it's not it's not what I go yeah. out of my way to listen to. Like yeah, it's no, I I get it. Yeah. So that's that's where I stand on it. Um like I say, it's the Beatles, so it's a classic, but and there's some like I say, there were some songs I liked, but for the most part, yeah, I wasn't impressed. Yeah. Definitely didn't make you a didn't make me a hardcore fan. Hardcore die fan kind huh, of thing. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna go out and buy all the albums and buy posters and shit. That's <laughs> for damn sure. Right. Uh yeah. Well, we move on from there. You want, give, you want to give your rundown? Yeah, so I didn't mind it. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I actually listened to it twice, kind of back-to-back, because I wanted to make sure that... Actually, what, you were talking about those songs that were just kind of like uh, just a blip, like less than yeah. a minute or two minutes. I was actually confused when I have like... This song just started. Now it's over. What the fuck? Did, is yeah. it is it a sample song? Am I missing something? That's exactly what I said. <laughs> and that's that's where I re-listened to it. I'm like, nope. I listened to it on a different um, app or a different yeah format. I actually had to go into the Spotify app and like look at the actual track to see that it was only mm-hmm. a minute and a half long. At one point, I was like, well, that explains why it sounds weird. Yep. <laughs> yep. I think I listened to it on Amazon Prime. Uh, sure. Secondary, so like first time it was on YouTube, and I'm like, well, maybe they just fucked up. Who knows? It's right, YouTube. right. And then I listened to it on Amazon Prime. I'm like, no, this is legit. This, is, this is the song. Yeah. So I didn't miss anything. Well, so the thing about the album, coming back to like from a music 
perspective okay. of things, not just like being the Beatles and stuff. This was uh, there was a couple things I actually found pretty interesting about the album itself. Sure. And one, it was their like reunion album. It it was the album that got them back together. I think it was like John and Paul were like, "Hey, we want to do." Actually, it was probably John. Uh, mm. It was probably Lennon. It was just like, "We're gonna make another album. This is happening. Just deal with it." Kind of thing. Right. Everybody else is like, "Well, I guess we're making another album." <laughs> Whoop de doo! <laughs> but uh, they were. This is their come together. This their like mm-hmm. reunion album. And George Martin had to be convinced, like, severely convinced to do this album. Sure. Because of all the, like, the turmoil. It was like they had, were dealing with a lot there. Individually, they were separating as a band, as a, as a united band. Right. Because of creative differences. And they were wanting to do their own thing. They had their own sounds. And it shows because half of them had their own solo shit. Yeah. And... Well, Paul McCartney and Wings. Mm-hmm. And they came together and it was actually good and George Martin was like this is the deal I am in control right (laughs) so it's none of this you know let's change this let's change this let's change this you're gonna let me do the studio stuff and you just play your freaking songs and I hit record that's how this is gonna go because a lot of the stuff I guess working with him before is like especially John was a big control freak about how things sounded and and you know it's whatever but I I, I guess that was the deal that they made with George Martin to do this album again and he said it worked mm-hmm. this was their last album the entire album was a lot happier it was a lot more upbeat and cheery right. and it's probably because it was their last album which it was this was their last studio album which means the last album that actually came out recorded in a studio. They had a bunch of stuff like hits and maybe uh, rares and stuff yeah. like that. But <clears throat> Rarities and B-sides. Yep, this is the last yeah. one. So 1969 is the time that this album was their last album. And sure. The, uh, <laughs> the originally was the name of the album, Abbey Road, was because of the crosswalk. It's mm-hmm. crossing Abbey Road to get to Abbey Road Studios. Sure. And um, <laughs> they... They named it out of laziness. I guess they wanted to call it Evercast or something like that, which was a name, like a brand name cigarettes that one of the engineers smoked. (laughs) (laughs) And they thought, oh, that would make a cool album name. But they were too lazy and they didn't want to, like, go to Indonesia to do the album cover or something like that. Some lazy, weird thing like that Damn. so they were just lazy they didn't want to travel somewhere so they, that's what they did and that's why the that cover works. is right in front of the studio it's that's iconic. apparently how lazy yeah yep uh you know it's iconic but after learning about that i'm like are you freaking serious but then i look at most of the things that turn into an iconic symbol or whatever i'm just like oh my god are you fucking serious <laughs> but that was the interesting thing i thought about the yeah. album itself uh they did have some songs, once again, like you said, come together. If you don't know that song, if you haven't heard that you, song. You know it even if you don't know it. Right. You know it. And I will be the first to admit I was right there with you. I had no fucking idea it was the Beatles. See, that's the one I knew was the Beatles. There's like a number of other ones where like I heard it. I was like, I didn't know this was the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I, I, at least to my memory, I 
don't really recall knowing that it was from the Beatles. When I, I think mm-hmm. I heard the song plenty of times before I knew who it was. Mm-hmm. And then when I finally said, finally tried to figure out who it was, like I figured out it was the Beatles yeah. from somebody. But yeah. I feel like I did know, and sure. it just didn't stick with me. Because it's Possible. it's it's one of the biggest songs I, I've probably heard by the Beatles. I gotta believe I that's realized. probably one of the first songs anyone thinks of right. when they think of the Beatles. Um, Something was a good song. I definitely enjoyed that one as well. Um, like right off the bat, the the first two songs, I'm like, oh yeah, I know these these are hits. These are songs I hear on the radio and I hear yeah. other places. And and obviously I like them. Um, Maxwell Silver, the third track, I. It was whatever. I felt like it just broke it up to me. Like it was like, mm-hmm. ooh, two really good songs, and you're just gonna throw this right here. Like I, I felt like it didn't. The flow was kind of disrupted. I but could it, understand that, but it wasn't like so bad where I didn't. It threw me off and was like, oh fuck yeah. this noise. It I don't. Wasn't like Sun King. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh darling, I like that song as well. Yeah. I dug that one. And I'm that, a blues guy though, so yeah. I mean, I, I would dig that one more. And I think that was the, probably my favorite song mm-hmm. on the sure. album is Oh Darling. I think I wrote it down to favorite song, Oh Darling. Sure. And I, I've heard that once again, just like come together several times. Like I was shocked that this was the album that this was on. I'm like, I knew it was the Beatles, but I'm like, I had no idea what the album was. Right. And then you had Octopus's Garden, which. I've heard several times, and once again, I relate it to the LSD yeah. thing, and I'm like, I hear a bunch of stoners talk about it, a bunch of people who do drugs and shit right. tell me about, oh, Octopus's Garden. and Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things that, like, the Beatles and, f- like, Fish and Grateful Dead are all shit I hear from the same fucking people, and it's mm-hmm. like, dude, I don't care. Like people who tell me the same shit about Pink Floyd. I like Pink Floyd. I think their albums are fantastic. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to be on drugs to appreciate it. And everybody's all oh, you do you have to be on drugs. You have to take the trip. I'm like, no, no, I don't. Right. I'm like Dark Side of the Moon, everybody's like, ah, oh, you gotta be right. Whatever. You gotta I'm take like, the trip. Like, right. You gotta take the trip. I'm like, I don't need to. I, I get it. I don't need <laughs> an album to scare me. Right? Like <laughs> Um Yeah, I mean that was that was whatever. It was Octopus's Garden. Was it was, it was interesting. It was, it was just yeah. It, to me, it was more of those like oh, let's what what kind of weird shit can we just again sing just about? riffing like yeah. It, it totally reminded me of B fifty twos and Rock Lobster. Sure. Is this like what the fuck is this? Why did you write a song like this? <laughs> Must be drugs. <laughs> right. I want you. I didn't mind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that. I, obviously, I didn't think it was like the greatest or anything, but I didn't right. mind it. Here comes the sun. We've already talked about that. That's probably the most overrated song I've ever mm-hmm. heard by the Beatles, because it was whatever. Uh, you never give me m- your money. Like I said the music was good, but the lyrics were just. I, I didn't. I, I, didn't I, I didn't get it. I, yeah, it didn't, didn't do anything for same me. Same thing. And pretty much everything after that, I didn't care. I, I didn't <sighs> really. I just didn't get into. Well, right, and like I said, there was like. It's all, like, one long track that they just chopped. And, like, the only one that I got any sort of, like, pleasure out of listening to was She Comes In Through the Bathroom Window. Yeah. That was the only one that I really enjoyed out of all those tracks. Um, Like I say, I'd heard Golden Slumbers before somewhere. um, But that was the only one that I recognized with, like, oh, yeah, I've heard this somewhere. Yeah. I, overall, the album wasn't bad. I, I did listen to it, and I didn't mind it. 
Right. Um, I, I did, I, one of those things I would never like probably go out and buy it. Sure. Unless all of a sudden I become a Beatles fan. Right. Who knows? It could happen. But I definitely never listened to the album before. Right. And I didn't know what to expect. Um, I did think it was interesting though that, so the billboard charts over in Britain are different than, or Europe, I should say, is different than America, but not by much. And this album was one of those, I think I wrote it down because I just, personally, I thought it was interesting, was um, it was number one album in Britain for like 17 out of the 81 weeks that it was on. So, okay. I mean, the math goes, well, that doesn't seem like it's a lot. <laughs> That's four months. But... I Roughly mean, speaking, that's about four months of being on the, being number right. one. But I'm looking at like 17 weeks out of the 81 weeks. I'm like, I but it made sense. Yeah, people were like, well, right away you're gonna go, you're gonna get your best hits, just like you know, blockbuster films and shit like that. Yep. Opening weekend is gonna be your your call. That's that's what's gonna make it or break. Yeah, you know the film, and then they kind of pile everything up over the year but and i feel like at that point it was the beatles so like people were probably keeping it up there anyway yeah uh so. they were like yeah exactly oh the beatles made another album oh yeah i didn't even know they got it back together kind of thing exactly and in the usa it spent 11 weeks at number one compared to 83 weeks so <laughs> we have a longer tread and they didn't yeah. last as long but you wonder if part of that is it's just hometown. Like it, oh yeah, I was gonna say it didn't make home, it over home, here at the same yeah, time. Home yeah. advantage. Yeah. And yet, what did the Beatles do? They came over to America and just fuck shit up. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like people just lost their shit, like they did with Elvis. Like. Yeah. So, like to me, I was like, you would think, I would think, especially the population we have compared to mm-hmm. London or England. Yeah. That kind of baffled me. I'm like, really? It didn't succeed as well over here as it did over there makes sense but i would think because of our population our size and all well, this i would gather probably some of that has to do with the church and stuff like that and the censorship and whatnot i well, i would I, assume i don't know the i don't know the history of it and i don't know i think it's se. just because it's home field advantage everybody and their yeah. grandmother's grandmother is gonna buy their album sure. in england that's well i guarantee like half oh at least a third of the country probably had that album so that's what i think about that i just yeah. thought that was a little interesting i'm like really it didn't succeed as well over here i mean obviously it still succeeded yeah it was very uh, interesting but i just yeah and and just to think that it um uh, it was kind of like it was a reunion album i thought was kind of cool too that was very so, cool i didn't know that was a reunion album. but they didn't make another album that was the last album too <laughs> last studio album <clears throat> I don't even know when they broke up or anything. I don't know anything about that, but yeah, that was my that was excuse me, that was my take on Abbey Road by the Beatles. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I would probably not buy the album, but if it was on again then I would give it a go. So we'll have to go back to that generator and do it again. Yeah, for, for sure. For our next music podcast. So other than that, uh, you know, I didn't even ask you how your day was. How how was your day? You had to work today, right? Yeah, yeah. it was long. Yeah, yeah my well, the uh, people calling in sick for various reasons uh, made my day longer than it had to be. But yeah, it is what it is. Nothing, nothing COVID 
kind of scariness well, going on. Well, that's why the guy called in was he had to take his girlfriend and go get tested and to get tested, and they had to wait till tomorrow to get the results. So, and he was my closer, which was the bitch of the whole thing. But yeah, was Kaylee, what it was. Kaylee had a as an employee that had oh, to yeah? be tested. She For actually sure. went in today, so um, Kaylee's having to work. I think longer shifts now. All oh, mids yeah. too. And she hates it because now she won't see Wesley for more than like an hour before he has to go to bed when she comes home. Right. And then like maybe three hours maybe yeah. before work. So she's she's quite depressed about that. Nice I, I know how that feels. Yeah. Like I nowadays like it's been easier with the COVID stuff, um, seeing Liam more often, but like before COVID, like most times I didn't get home till after he's in bed. So like I would see him in the morning for a couple hours mm-hmm. and then I'd be off to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and on those off days where like I had the day off with him, like, you know, I, 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 I he'd be up, you know, he's up at the ass crack of dawn regardless. <laughs> I'm um, sleeping in for you. No, it, five o'clock, six o'clock comes around and he's like looking over at me like, hi dad. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel that like little disruptive bastard. <laughs> Can't you see I'm sleeping? <laughs> That's yeah. right. He's pretty. He's pretty good nowadays. Like if I go out there with him, like he he'll watch YouTube or something like that, and like I'll sit next to him on the couch and kind of just doze. Mm-hmm. Like that was actually one of my favorite favorite things before. Like before we got this new couch, uh, the old couch. Like we would sit, and he would just kind of sit like right next to me, and I kind of throw my arm around him, and I would I might doze on the couch, but like he'd sit and watch and kind of eat some toast or something like that, and we'd just hang out in the morning. Yeah, I have. Uh, that's what I have to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah see what uh, see what I'm getting myself. In. I mean, Wesley already gets up super early. He gets up at six o'clock yeah. almost every day. Um, sometimes a little earlier. So it it's definitely early. But the way he wakes up is he just sits up, starts moving around. He'll try to stand on the the, the bed. Yeah, and just plop on us. <laughs> and that's kind of how he wakes us up. Or he'll just cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those two. Sometimes it's a little both. He'll stand right. up, plop, and realize we're not doing anything, and he'll cry. <laughs> so Liam, for a long while, would just get into the bed, um, either climb in between Chelsea and try to go back to sleep, which was fine. But then he'd start, like, kicking around and stuff like that, or he'd start fucking with the cats, mm. which was always awesome. The really interesting days are when, like, he would get under our bed, or something like that, and, like, start making noise. And so you couldn't see him, but you could hear him. Mm. And when you're half asleep, that's not a great <laughs> a great way to wake up. No, I totally I totally understand that one. There have been times he, I think there was one time he, like, like, three in the morning, he just, like, one of those nights where he just woke up and he was under our bed singing to himself. So what? pitch black in my bedroom I woke up and there's just a child singing and I can't see the child uh, uh, that is creepy I don't necessarily creepy. believe in ghosts but I was prepared <laughs> to start like like Chelsea and I have watched Ghost Adventures enough I know kind of what to do yeah. with ghost stuff <laughs> so yeah that that would be that'd be creepy it gets unnerving he's only done the 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 staring at me from like three inches away like once (laughs) and i think he learned because i almost i almost karate chopped him in the neck (laughs) uh yeah that would that that's funny i mean i i'm not looking forward to when my kid starts doing that but i'll be aware of it now right 
<laughs> yeah. It'll happen. So, um, so yeah, do you have a music related? Do you have um, any questions that you saved for for next time we were talking about music? I know I had a couple that we would that we didn't quite get to. Um, uh, I didn't have any more questions. Um, I legit like you talked about wanting to talk about songwriters and artists, and I there were like four that I went to. Yeah. So I mean, well, sweet. Well, yeah, let's just hop into that. Well, I'll start with you then. Let's go. Well, and then my first couple are going to be unsurprising because I've talked about them before. Mm-hmm. Sean um, James is one of them. Sean James, yeah, is, I mean, he, especially on his own, um, writes just some some truly powerful songs like, you know, Pendulum Swing and Flow are just emotionally, like, powerful to me. Um, and he just... His voice is, I don't know, I think his voice is amazing, um, especially when you hear him talk comparatively. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, I mean, I'll always be a big fan of his. Um, I'll buy probably anything, I, you know, he wants me to. <laughs> <laughs> if you put something out, you're going to... I'll take a listen to it for sure. Like, he'll get some some stuff from me. Um, his newest album, The Light and the Dark, is pretty good got some different stuff on there like there's a song called there it is on there that's very almost sounds motowny because it's got like trumpet and like he just kind of croons a little bit okay but it sounds almost more motown than it does anything else to me i could be wrong like i might be like talking a lot of stuff out of my ass um i know the newest thing that he's put out is a song called the guardian because uh, one of his other songs is featured on The Last of Us Part Two. Okay. Um, his song Through the Valley is uh, the song Ellie, whoever that is, uh, is singing in the, when like, they did the release trailer. She's singing a song, and that's Through the Valley by Sean James off of his first album, Shadows. Okay. Um, probably, actually, the first song I ever heard by Sean James as well. Um, so it's a killer song. I have a lot of respect for him. We've talked about it before. Yeah. So I don't think um, I feel, feel like I need to yeah, we dive don't into need that. To, but yeah, we don't need to dive too hard into him. But, I mean, he's just, if you listen to his songs, he's got any number of songs he touches on, you know, people in the military a little bit. Um, he does He does a song on his second album for his wife, I believe. I believe he's married. Uh, but I mean, like he does songs that touch on folklore to like, he does a song on the light in the dark called Orpheus, which is Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, he kind of jumps all around and, uh, he's just like I say, he, his voice is wonderful. And I think his lyrics are just really nice. Give me a more detailed, uh, like example of like a song that you, you are thinking of when you, when you think of. Sean James as as a, as a okay. music writer, like what is the song that just pops in your mind and there's, uh, there's that connective well, f- reasoning? So there's two songs I'll give you. Flow mm-hmm. is off of his first album, Which you uh, about Shadows. Last time too, yep. yep, it's all about being able to just take whatever comes and just keep moving forward. He says, you know, you have to flow like the river. Um, the next song that I would say would be uh, called Pendulum Swing, which is all about which is kind of another one along those same same lines, but it's basically 
you know, saying, you know, I may, I may make mistakes, but it's never going to stop me from doing what I need to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, the, the lyrics are much better than what I'm, I'm actually explaining. Um, but those are two that like, I will always cherish really close. Um, pendulum swing has actually moved me to tears once or twice. Um, just ha- happened to be at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Midnight Dove is another one that's, that's just that's my it's a beautiful song. To me, it's less about what the lyrics are saying and how it is played and sung that make me fall in love with Midnight Dove. Just the beginning when he goes Midnight Dove, I just yeah, I just get like the the goosebumps because it's just beautiful. Actually, my favorite part of that song is the end when he actually kind of rolls into like. He starts strumming his guitar a little harder, and like, I don't know. That's my my favorite part of that song. But yeah, the whole I agree song with you. is beautiful. I like that too. That that he kind of brings it back up yeah. from being a slower, and then he brings it up. Um, uh, I agree. It's my favorite song by him. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, Shadows is it's a fantastic it, album. It's, it's a fantastic album. Well written uh, album. I believe it's called Insane. Um, it's 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 a very upbeat, up tempo sort of song comparatively to like the rest of the album, mm-hmm. and basically talks about um, you know wanting to just start over, you know, and that's that's really all the song's about. It's like he's telling someone, you know, I've been like I'm looking around, like people just seem like they're losing their minds. Like, why don't we just go somewhere else and start over? God, that's what I've been wanting. Especially um, now, yeah. T- it, it, take a listen to it when you get a chance. That's a, actually a really good song. It's completely different from everything else on that album. Well, you write it down for me, and um, I'll listen to it. I'll listen to it before I go to bed. Yeah, I actually will probably listen to it while I'm trying to sleep because that's I love, and I've always been this way for as long as I can remember. As a kid, like as like ten years old, when I had my little disc Walkman, mm-hmm. um, you know, my little tape Walkman and stuff, I used to listen to songs while I was sleeping with headphones because for me it's the only way I could really be immersed into and sure. focused like there's nothing else going on it's just I am right there this is all that my attention is my brain is just on this yeah. song yeah and um still to this day I do it if you yeah. ever want me to listen to anything and have like something uh to really respond back to uh mm-hmm. some kind of criticism or whatever I sure. have to do it when I'm sleeping or getting ready to sleep. The only problem is, is if it's too long, mm-hmm. I might fall asleep. <laughs> right, for sure. That's kind of the, the downfall, but that's the best time that my mind tends well, to. The really beautiful focus. part is that insane is actually like only like two minutes. Yeah, so uh, it's yeah. a very quick song. But it's, it's the worst thing I have, this is the artist in me is the best ideas I have come to me when I'm mm-hmm. sleeping or. Not yep. able to do anything. I, I personally, I mean, as a chef, like I've thought of like foods, like food or dishes that I want to try, like as I'm laying with my head on the pillow and like I have to like make a note on my phone and like mm-hmm. so my phone just lights the room up and she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, I listened to Smile Empty Soul one night. Sure. This is probably about a month ago. And I haven't listened to him for a while, um, and I've always been a big fan of Smile and Soul. And, yeah. And um, I was listening to one of the albums. That He's I, a legit like songwriter yeah. like, in general. Um, he really knows how to connect to the relevancy that a younger audience, doesn't yep. really matter what age, yeah. can understand. 
and you don't even have to be a younger age. Oh, he just sure. deals with the real life situation. Yeah. But here's, <laughs> I was listening to one of his stuff, and uh, this is the shit that once again my mind. I haven't written for a long time, especially lyrics. I don't couldn't tell you the last time I wrote a poem. Probably when I was in school. Sure. Um, when I was in college, because I had a course that I had to write poems in, and I was. It was like one in the morning, I think. And Kaylee actually asked me, "He's like, why are you on your phone at one in the morning? And I'm like, I yeah. had to write some shit down. Right. I so got to get this, these thoughts out so I can sleep. Now, listening to Smile Empty Soul, and if yeah. you don't really know who they are, their style, they are a little darker. Uh, <laughs> pretty emotional and, and pretty dark writers, um, but very excellent. And yeah. so my mind... Well, their first song was called Bottom of a Bottle, yep. which is... You know, obviously, still yeah. badass song, yeah. the badass album. Uh, yeah, but my mind good. went pretty dark, and this is what I wrote. I've spent too many nights at the bar reminiscing over all my scars, the ones on my knuckles and on my arms, but the one that hurts the most are those on my heart. I've lost many friends and made many enemies, but I never seem to lose the closest thing to me. Jack Daniels and Jim Beam, my closest friends outside of my own demons. I've been talking to the walls and the shadows that creep. I take all the pills because it's all the same to me. I wash reality down with a bottle of beam, anything I can do to get some sleep. I'm ready for the other side, a place where I can fly high. No, no more worries, no more lies, no more fucking up my life. I think I'm ready for the other side tonight. If I were to lose myself, would I ever be found? I have nowhere to go, and there's no one around. I've given up trying to stay steady as I'm always falling down, and I see warm light as I know I'm hellbound. Nice. It's probably the first time I've been inspired to write anything for a long time. Yeah. And it is dark. Yeah. Not saying I feel that way, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. No suicide watch on my end. I'm I'm (laughs) fine. It's just... I'm creative. That's what happens. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, Sean James is the first guy. Uh, the next guy, another one I think I've talked about, uh, Devin Townsend, um, who I don't listen to enough of, but I will always love him as a musician. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember being into him early on in my life. Like, I, in high school, I was into him. Um, the first song I ever heard by him, it was one of two songs, either sit in the mountain, which was off of like an EP that he released, or there's a song called bad devil, um, which now was this any of his, his solo stuff? Yeah, that's all this solo stuff. Was, no, okay. this is, this is all solo stuff. I never listened to strapping young lad. Yeah. Um, so those are the two songs that I can remember early on in my life re- listening to. And then I got into his albums and his albums are all very, very heavy sounding, mm-hmm. but the lyrics are not are not as heavy as the rest of the 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 accompaniment, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, and I mentioned this before. He's a composer. Yeah. He doesn't just write like play instruments, and no, he doesn't he, just write lyrics or whatever. He he composes. No, he, he feels like he he just pours everything he has Mm -hmm. into it. I was reading earlier about when he really, he started doing the Devin sound Devin Townsend project, um, was supposed to be a four album set, um, where like he, a was going to work with different musicians, every album. 
and B, it was like an effort for him to try and make music without the influence of drugs. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was his first time trying to do something sober. Sober. Uh, and it would definitely have an effect too. Oh yeah, it, it, you can tell. Like if you listen to his earlier stuff versus that, way different. Um, but so he he's done that. Uh, he's one that never seems to. He never seems to sit still. Yep, he, never he never sits never in his laurels. Working. Yeah, he and I was that was one of those things I was reading. Like he just compiles songs, like and then like he releases whenever he can. Like he never lets, like if he has to tour or he has to do something else, like he has, goes and does that and just shelves something until he can get back to it. Well, even when he took a break from music for a little while, what did he do? He wrote a fucking book. Yeah, and then he went to do some other music stuff. Right. <laughs> you know, he he's done a couple of cool things. Uh, he wrote Ziltoid the Omniscient, which is a an actual ro- like opera. Almost like a like a rock or a metal opera about an alien. Um, I can't explain the plot of that whole thing. You look it up. Um, but like he, our time. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he actually started writing a second Ziltoid, and you know was just in the midst of writing, but like kept having to go do other stuff. And so like he's compiled like seventy songs that he eventually just released in two albums. That's crazy. And, like, that's just how he works. Like, he never stops creating. To be able to just have that kind of mind. I would love to have that kind of mind. I watched a couple, like, a month ago or something like that, like, right around the, the time Corona got really big. Uh, he basically, in an effort to raise some money for some charities, he did, like, Twitch live streams where, like, you could – he played a concert – on Twitch mm-hmm. and like ask for donations and he just raised money for charities that way. And like, there was one time I actually tuned into the channel and he was just like, it was like, well, I'll just write a song. And people were like saying like, you know, Oh, add this or add that. And like, at some point somebody said, add a fart noise. And he kind of went, okay. And just like programmed it into his fucking computer. And like, all of a sudden he was playing fart noises on his guitar. And like, he's always a guy that seems very, despite how heavy and emotional as music is, mm-hmm. he always seems very upbeat. Like, he always has kind of a, a, if he's not sort of, like, screaming into the microphone, he always seems to have something of a smile on his face. Uh, and I can never fault him for that. Like, I always found that really reassuring. Um, and, like, it, like I said, just the fact that he's not afraid to try just different shit and not care whether or not people really respond to it it's not really about like i'm sure he likes the fact that other people like it but it's not necessarily from what i can tell about them it's about him being able to create yeah like he released two albums like simultaneously there was destruction and ghost which was like destruction was heavy and like very lyrical and ghost was like the complete opposite like, it was all very atmospheric. There's not really any lyrics. And, like, and he released them at the same time. I mean, why not? Well, yeah. But, I mean, like, that's the scope of, like, the way this guy works. Like, he can release two albums at the same time that are completely different material. Yeah. Once again, though, he's, he's he composes. Right. Because it's, to him, his mind is probably trying to not just function on like one level mm-hmm. just to keep shit kind of straight and narrow. Yeah. But he's also consistently thinking about what's 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 going to come next. What is he going to do now or next right. after this? Yeah. You know, what song am I going to write? Or the worst thing about 
being, I think, an, an artist in general, especially when you're dealing with music, is you will have inspiration from a song you're writing and you'll have inspiration for a different song or yeah. multiple songs. And you can't just stop writing this one song unless right. you're stuck maybe. And then you can go work on something else and come back. Most of the time, you can't just stop, especially when you're recording in a studio and it's not it's, it's paid time. you got to focus on that and then make sure you can come back to that that those other songs that you got inspired for whatever right. to want to work on. And I think that musicians have that capability, those professional musicians and songwriters have this, that capability of holding on to those feelings or holding on to that that idea and being right. able to go back to it. Yeah. And I think the only other people that tend to really be able to do that well is writers. Yeah. I think writers like authors and, and stuff like that. I don't know too many people or too too many other artist types that can really stop in the middle of something and come back to something else. Right. Well, like painting's a little bit different because it's a visual thing. Right. Um, you know, and film is different because well, once again, it's a visual thing. And music is it's all up here and then you have to be able to take what's up here in your head. Right. And know and, how to play it. But you have to know how to play it up here first yeah. to be able to physically do it. Well, yeah, and, it and that's one of those things that like, I feel like you know, every time you try to think of it, like, the, the sound changes yeah. just, yep. just slightly. And all of a sudden, nothing else you've ever written right. makes sense. Or what you had in your head and what you play, what you play is so much better than what was in your head, which is what you always hope for. <laughs> right. Oh, that sounds so much better than what was in my head. But, yeah, and I think that's a struggle I always had as a, as a musician is – I played by feeling, and right. I consider myself to be the natural musician where I'm, I'm not really trained. I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. I just play. Right. What comes out sounds good. If I like it, I like it, and it works for me. Sure. And I move on. But Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I'll always be a fan of Devin Townsend, regardless of how much I listen to his music. Like, I'll always support whatever that guy does. Yeah. Um, he just seems like a real genuine sort of guy, too, um, from what I can tell. He... So I was looking it up. There's this album called uh, Casualties of Cool, which is a an album he did with a female vocalist. And if I remember right, when they released it, he tried to keep his name off of it because he wanted it to be something separate from what he was known for. Because mm-hmm. um, he wanted, like, it, he doesn't sing on it very much. Like, and it's all, it sounds old-timey. Like, all like kind of like, Kind of like, uh, oh, brother, where art thou? Sort of mm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the, even the covers, like an old timey radio, like mm-hmm. in like dirt, in like a pile of dirt. But um, so it, I always thought that was very interesting. Like that's just the shit he does. Like there's another, there's a song I've been kind of heavy on lately. Uh, the song by the band Pendulum called Crush, um, and basically they released an album of like songs that were redone. But like pendulum songs that are redone and his song like he does a, a redone version of crush and he lends vocals to it at some point it, i i find it far better than the original yeah um but yeah so that's those those two guys are probably my two tops um now if we want to lean into other genres like those are probably like blues and rock or metal um if we're gonna lean into other genres i had a couple of other guys picked out uh 
Graydon Square is a rapper that I've been listening to, mm-hmm. um, and is super intelligent from what I can tell. Uh, he, uh, so he does a lot of stuff that like seems like it's very like he had, the first song I heard by him was called Omniverse. <clears throat> Pardon me, called Omniverse, and uh, it's I don't know. It talks. It's basically just talking about. It's hard to explain what Omniverse is about, but like he goes on to explain others, like to do other stuff. That he talks about um, religion is a big thing he raps about. Uh, he has a big he's an, as far as I can tell he's an atheist. Okay. Uh, so there's a song called Stockholm Syndrome that I listen to that he's <laughs> he's interesting. He basically I think I already get it. <laughs> rips apart religions. Um, he to rap, he rips apart Christianity. He rips apart Muslims um, or is uh, is the yeah. Islamic yeah Islamic mm-hmm. faith which I can't think of the proper name for anymore. Um, but he, he's always seemed very, uh, yeah, just reading his little bio, he's a former U.S. Army soldier and Iraq war vet who is also an outspoken atheist and promotes discussion about it through music. Um, so he's, uh, he's kind of an interesting guy. His, he, he's not overly like, overly vulgar or like aggressive like mm-hmm. he's actually very laid back from what i can tell um fairly passive yeah i mean he just a little more outspoken in his yeah maybe a little more aggressive in his music yeah, but definitely outspoken in his beliefs but he's not like is, aggressive. Is he, he's not like attacking or is it more eh, would you, he, he you attacks say it more, some okay. yeah especially in stockholm's and like he definitely definitely like, a little more aggressive he did definitely attacks okay. it but yeah he but he doesn't go quite the Eminem route where he's right. He's not like he's taking saying, everybody down. He's not saying fuck you to everybody. He's just like I think at one point he even says like, you know, to to Islam, you know, as soon as you release your women, I'll start I'll stop releasing venom. Mm-hmm. Like and he talks about you know the fact like why the he's not a Muslim. Is, yeah, he talks about why he's not a Muslim is because like you know the prophet. Uh, um, Muhammad mm-hmm. was that the prophet? Yeah, like married. Like his second wife was like six years old when he was fifty, mm. or something like that. And he he th- he talks about the, how that's fucked up and like dealing with the ages and like the Bible and stuff. Yeah. Just fuck that noise. I'm, it well, doesn't make even, any sense to me. But he even says like after that, he's like, you know, people try to stay. You know, all oh, the times are different. You're like, well, you know, rationalizing atrocities. Now you sound like Christians, right? You know? <laughs> so I mean, that's the kind of stuff he kind of raps about in that one. It's really tough when you're dealing with some subjects of, of that because yeah. it's, a, it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're dealing with a lot of culture, it's highly built on religious, yeah. uh, the religious quo. And, and right. you can't really escape that in that culture because especially over thousands and thousands of years, that's what it's been built on. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. when you're dealing with the Middle East, when you're dealing with anything from the Eastern side. I mean, right. I think the only time that you kind of changing thing is I mean I feel like America is the only place that you've changed the western religion mm-hmm. is sure. just taking a bit of everything <laughs> it's, well, yeah. it's it's picking and choosing what apples well, it wants to eat like Americans we're cherry pickers yep and uh, cause if you look at like like Japanese culture mm-hmm. highly traditional highly traditional yeah very respective too mm-hmm. like like you don't disrespect your elders, you don't disrespect your culture, where you come from. Sure. That is just like 
completely taboo over there. And if you if you do, consequences. And they're not afraid to embellish on those consequences. True. But they're also, for the most part, from my understanding, because obviously I've never visited there, you're dealing with a culture that kind of stays on its own. Right. They don't interfere with other people's shit. Yeah. They're worried about this is their what works shit. for us. We that's why they're on a, that's why they're on an island. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. how you interfere, but I mean anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Um and then the last guy I'll talk uh but Great Square is just I think a very interesting rapper to listen to. Um he doesn't just rap about religion too, like he just he talks about things in general. He tends to have a little bit more angst when he does, though. It's something that stands out a little more prominent, yeah, too. Yeah, like, he def- what like he's, he's rapping he, about. I, he definitely has, like, you know, like, I think he has just a song straight up called Atheist Rap. Um, but, I mean, he does, like say, he does there's a couple of good songs are, like, Dopamine Notes. Um, like I say, Stockholm, Sister- Stockholm Syndrome. I can't remember the other, the other song. Um, but, yeah, he's got a few good tracks. Uh, Broken Symmetry is a really good one. Uh, yeah, take a listen to him. He's worth it. Um, I think uh, the last guy I'll talk about is a guy I showed you him recently. A guy called Bus Driver. Yep. Um, Very interesting. It was fast. He's it, he just he's an amazing vocalist. Like just like I say, super fast. Yep. Um, it seems to me like he. I don't he, remember the song. It's called Imaginary Places. Was the one I played for yeah. him, but. I love the fact, that, especially in that song, like it's basically flute, and then he just starts rapping over flute. <laughs> it it was tough to keep up. <laughs> yeah, he's he's super fast. Uh, he's just uh, he's another really intelligent guy. I'm. I feel like he's pretty eccentric. Yeah, I he you know he's been in a number of like groups before. I think he went to go on his own. Um, trying to see what other groups he was with. But yeah, he so he just he's just another guy that just works in a different wavelength than a lot of other guys do. So I, I find that very interesting. I don't know a ton about him. Um, I yeah. just find him like I know he does his own work, and I just find him very interesting. I think that's something I mean you uh, share in common for sure. Is origin- originality is key, but mm-hmm. you're also looking at like unconventional. Yeah, styles or or if anything, breaking the breaking barrier. Mold, yeah, yeah. Um, not doing the same thing that you hear everywhere else. Like, right. That's why I don't listen to radio. I just I don't want to listen to radio. If I'm going to get sick of a song, first of all, I'm going to get sick of it because I overplayed it, which it's is hard to do. Me. Yep, I don't want somebody else <laughs> doing it for me. But that's why I don't listen to radio. Is it's it's a system. There's a there's yeah. an equation, and, yep. and I already know what it is, and I For just sure. don't really care. Right. I can find everything that's on a radio and then some on my own. Liam gets into top 40, so like he, like Harry Styles from One Direction has oh, a song man. on the radio. Liam actually sings the song, and it's actually it's kind of adorable. <laughs> He's a kid that he can get away with right. it. If you, now, if I saw you... I, Busted back into the kitchen at work and saw you he- singing a One Direction song. Hey, you might have to have some fuck words. alone. I'm keeping sane. I'm going to return that sandwich. Ah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, those are some of the guys that I think are super interesting. I think they're legit songwriters um, and worth checking out. 
Yeah, that's what's up. I mean, yeah. I obviously knew myself it was going to be Sean James and oh yeah, and those Devin guys. Townsend. Like I, I will like I say, I've been fans for a long time of Devin Townsend. Not quite as long as Sean about Sean James, but I preach about him to anyone I can get to listen to him. Mm-hmm. So I think you were. I think you showed me Sean James, and I think I had one of their songs, and it probably was like Midnight Dove or something. Mm-hmm. And you, I think, were shocked at the time that you were trying to show me Sean James. I'm like, oh, this is, sounds familiar. And then I played right. you the thing I think I thought it was. And you're like, yep, that's him. I'm like, oh, we're on the same page. Because that's when we were going through our modern bluegrass yeah. indie yep. kind of phase. We were sure. I think it was like three years ago. So I was at my apartment with Devin, so. Yeah, it wouldn't yep. surprise me. Yeah, right around our D and D time. Yeah, just coming up, coming up again. Yeah, hopefully, I I got Sunday off. You don't fucking cancel on me. I'm not gonna cancel. If it's just gonna be me and you, I'm doing it. We'll yeah, do it. That's fine. We'll start it. It'll be a one on one session. <laughs> so <laughs> you will Ten die for... throwing dice at each other. <laughs> no, I'm I'm excited. I've worked too hard. I was telling Dreads this when he right. stopped by the other day. I was like. I need you to play because yeah. I spend way too much fucking time on this goddamn thing. I'm getting super detailed. I hope more people show up. Like, I really do. But, yeah, I'm just stoked to play. Yeah. Even if it's just me and Dreads fucking rolling through, like, that's fine. And I don't think Dreads is going to be here physically. I think he's going to be on yeah. Skype. Uh, yeah, it's fine. So that works. We'll make it work. Yeah, I'm stoked either way. He might, like, but he might be willing to come over... If it's just gonna if be if it's me? just gonna be you, hmm? because his whole thing is he just can't get sick. If right. he gets sick, he could die. <laughs> right. Or he yeah. could bring it home and his mom could die because she's right. she's uh, fairly ill. She's gotten better, but she's fairly ill. So. Yeah, I was gonna say. And you I don't told blame me his him. mom was sick. Yep, yeah, I don't blame him. I don't. One hundred percent respect it. I'm I'm totally do what no you gotta do, but right? don't don't fuck up my D and D thing. All right, that's all I said. He just needs to play. So. Right. But yeah. Yeah, I, like I say, I, that's why I texted you last night because I was like, "Shit, I gotta write my backstory. I gotta finish it. I had to go buy note cards today so I can write my fucking spells down." Did you? Because I mean, I could have given you some. Oh, I paid like a buck for them, so it's nice. Oh. It's fine. Well, that's what's up. So those are your, those are my guys. Uh, so yeah, so Sean James, Devin Townsend, bus driver in Graydon Square. Yeah, definitely give them a shot. Yeah, yeah. especially if you're just looking for something new now. Uh, you said bus driver and um, what was the other guy? Graydon Square. Yeah, our hip hop artist. Yeah. And then you have Devin Townsend is probably more like uh, industrial metal. Would be the yeah. closest. Thing. Well, Strappy Young Lad was considered industrial, so that's kind of where I lumped Devin. But I mean, even he's just sort of like he's he's very heavy sounding. So I almost lump him in with like Meshuga. Yeah. I'd, you know I that kind of the Mushuga album. Yeah, that that's kind of like that kind of stuff is what I think of when I yeah, think of. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's definitely he's, heavier. Yeah, but he's uh, also like a little bit more theatrical mm-hmm. with his music. Not yeah. not necessarily a stage or I have no idea, but like his music is a little bit more of a. It's a stretch. It's a, it's yeah. a little longer. There's a sometimes. there's a there's a flow to it. And, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And then Sean James, I mean, is a good just straight blues blues of, metal. Yeah. Well, Sean James and the Shapeshifters would probably be the blues metal. It's if you're the listening, same thing. If you listen to just Sean James, like it's gonna be softer. Oh, it's gonna be softer. It's gonna be more blues, folky. Yeah, because he mainly plays a lot of acoustic. There's a lot um, of acoustic guitar. Usually has like a hi hat or something with him, and then he usually has like a guy that plays the mandolin. Yeah, um, but well, uh, and a violinist sometimes. Yeah, but Aram is right that Sean James and the Shapeshifters is. 
blues metal essentially. Yeah, and it's it's badass. Yeah, it's, it's great. It, stuff. It's it's uh. There's another band. If you listen to Sean James and the Shapeshifters, there's another band called the Native Howl, which refer to themselves as Thrashgrass, um, nice. which they're fun to listen to. Uh, I would almost equate Sean James and the Shapeshifter closer to that than I would blues. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are my, my guys. Who you got? Well. Corey Taylor? No. Oh. No, he's Ooh. not on there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Corey Taylor, but I don't think he's he's not on on the top list of songwriters, artists that I, you know, interesting. Okay, would boast about like the. I mean, I have a couple for sure, but the first one that sticks to me the most when I think about songwriters mm-hmm. is um, Justin Furstenfeld. I think that's how you say his last name, Furstenfeld. He is the lead singer and vocalist and founder of the alternative rock band Blue October. Oh, okay. And I'm a huge Blue October fan. Yeah, I remember remember you being a big fan. I've liked a lot of the stuff I've listened to, but I've I've never been, like, super into them. I I love them. Absolutely love them. Um, And I'm not saying every single song of theirs is fantastic or wonderful. I mean, even our favorite artists can have duds. Yep. Um, But he, Justin is one of those people he's a very unique breed and the number one thing that that just impresses me and still to this day just blows my mind is he's one of the few singers out there that sings with his emotions you're not just hearing the lyrics and listening to the music and finding that connective you he's making you feel what he felt when he was sure. writing this shit and he's one of those that he knows how to take what's up in his head and put it down on paper and create that mood create that scene i've called him like the like um Oh crap! Who's the painter? That splatter painter? Uh, oh, Jackson Pollock. Yes, the Jackson Pollock and William Shakespeare of like music, because mm-hmm. the dude, <clears throat> the way he swings words, the the things that he collects and finds to put can be completely bizarre. Like wow, that's a weird phrase or weird yeah. sentence or whatever. But he makes it work, and it's so appropriate. Like one of the songs that he has is um uh. What was it? Uh, was it "Baby, you're like a car crash"? I think it's called "Car Crash," but the lyrics go like "Baby, you're like a car crash." Um, and you know, I'm just gonna freaking find it. That's like we both got computers. We look the shit up. <laughs> right? I don't know why I'm trying to trying to do it by memory. My memory's shot over the years. It's called getting old, Tim. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I don't want to get old. It doesn't make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> realizing my mortality is just right around the corner any moment now. Uh, it's off of their... Actually, I think they're coming out with a new album, so I can't even say it's their last album. But it's off of their... Um, I Hope You're Happy album, which is at least an album that came out two years ago. I didn't even know they released that. Yeah. I only knew of, like, two albums that they released, and that was... The two that had, like, actual radio hits, like, 
like Hate Me and Into the Ocean were uh, mm-hmm. from Foiled, and I don't remember the and that one is that their biggest album. Yeah, and then there was one that had uh, the song Dirt Room, I believe, and that was their second. Um, yeah, that was the album after that, which was right. uh, I can't remember what it's called, but that, those are the only two albums I knew of by them. So your love is like a car crash. That's the name of the song, <laughs> and uh, the lyrics are pretty interesting. It's it's definitely not one of those songs that I would say is profound by any means. But he has a couple of lines like, "Here's the chorus: Is your love is like a car crash, babe? You're moving too fast. You're a hit and run. Your love is like a car crash. Leave me with my heart smashed. You're hit. You're a hit and run." Um, but he has a song that says, "You're a." glass of sexy lemonade or here it is you're a sexy glass of lemonade and i'm sorry if i'm not supposed to say that you dirty jaguar chew me up (laughs) i'm just like what but it works but it works i don't know either way he has some songs hate me is their biggest hit ever Mm -hmm. and it is such a profound song when and it's not like philosophically profound it's like internally it's emotionally philo- profound. Yeah, it's, it's emotionally and internally yeah philosophically but it's not like you know one of those songs where oh my god it's gonna change my life i mean it may it may because of how fucked up yeah. he's saying he is in that song and the entire song is him talking about how horrible of a human being he was to his mother all yeah. the shit he did, all the drugs, all the whatever, the, the, the shit that he had done to put his mother through all that crap, and she still loves him unconditionally. Yeah. And he's pretty much saying, is like, you don't deserve that. Why? Yeah. You should hate me. You should hate me today. You should hate me tomorrow. Hate me for all the things I didn't do for you. Right. That's the chorus. That's the entire. It's like, hate me in ways, yeah, ways hard to swallow. Hate me so you can finally see what good... Uh, what's good for you I mean that's some shit when you are realizing the shit that you're putting somebody else through and it's your own fucking mother mm-hmm. and he's pretty much just saying I'm a piece of shit and yeah. you deserve a better person for mm-hmm. a son than what I've provided and um, along with the melody it's a really it's a really in tune with the lyrics uh, uh, I always remember the bridge I think it is when he's like and with a sad heart, I say goodbye to you yep. and wave. Um, Kicking shadows always... on the street for every mistakes that I had made. And like a baby boy, I never was a man until I saw your blue eyes crying and I held your face in my hand. And then I fell down yelling, make it go away. Just make a smile come back and shine just like it used to be. And then she whispered, how could you do this to me? Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the one of the, one of the deepest songs I've ever heard. Yeah. And oh, I'm a big mama's sure. boy too. And I remember for the first time when I heard this song, it really made me, I was going through some shit with my own mother mm-hmm. where I had, I had barely talked to in like two years. I maybe talked to her twice in like the two years span. And that's when I heard this song right around that time. So I was dealing with some shit with my own mother. So I, I had some kind of relation, mm-hmm. but it wasn't to this degree. Right. <laughs> I definitely didn't feel like I was a horrible son by any means. Right. It was just one of those things that kind of made me reevaluate my relationship with my mother. Sure. And uh, it definitely didn't. I definitely changed my actions. I realized it was petty of me. She's my mother. And yeah. Even though we had our differences and I had some grudges and I had all the right in the world to have some resentment mm-hmm. to some of these things I was feeling, 
didn't mean I needed to be. You're entitled to your feelings. Doesn't yep. mean you get to be an asshole about it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, he he's known sure. to be that emotional writer and the dynamics too. He doesn't just write sad shit. Yeah. But he's good at it because right. for the most, uh, for the pr- like primarily throughout his life, he's been dealing with depression and bipolar disorder and anxiety. Yeah. And so along with being, you know, drugs and alcohol over the course of his life and probably the medication that he's supposed to be taking and stuff like that. I mean, therapy, whatever yeah. he's, he's gone through shit up in his head, but he's known, uh, for taking those demons and throwing them out on the stage. And that brings me to one of my favorite songs as well, um, lyrically. And I think the reason why I like the song is because he's saying exactly that. And it go, the song is for the love, and he's saying why he does what he does. And this is off an album called Any Man in America. This entire album is about his horrible divorce from his wife. Now, he had a baby girl, mm. and pretty much his wife had an affair with some guy while he was out doing his thing. Sure. And this entire album is about that, pretty much. Um, it was like a therapy album. <laughs> you yeah, felt it. You he was telling you. He has a song called um, "Flight to Lincoln" or a "Flight from Lincoln to Minneapolis," where he's pretty much saying, "Is like I was getting on a plane to go kill a man," and it's like <laughs> I blacked out. I was in the airport. I was ready to do this. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's some fucking. It's some shit. And he he doesn't hold back. He doesn't hold any punches or pull any punches if he says something he's saying it because that's what's on his mind i he reminds me a lot of eminem when it comes to that there's no filter i'm not i'm not holding back this is my art this is my expression this is what i'm thinking and even feeling it doesn't mean i'm gonna do something about it right you know it's just this is this is the art form this is how i Mm -hmm. i don't go do those things (laughs) right um but the song for the love really put it in perspective for who he is as a writer what he what he's doing it for and um the opening song starts with a recording of Justin talking to his little girl over the phone oh, yeah? and pretty much his little girl's like you know I was like well, I want you to come home I was like I don't want to stay with mommy I want to I want to be with you and Justin's room was like well I and he's like, I can't, I'm sorry, but you know, your mommy loves you very much. Right. And then it goes into the song where he's like, oh, complications of the relationship, it's hard to talk and this and that. But it's it's the the chorus that says it all where he goes, I do it for the love, I do it for the rain, I do it for the passion, I do it for the pain, I do it for the rush, I do it for the doubt, I do it for my daughter, man, because she's what I'm about. I do it for my mom. I do it for my dad. Do it for the sanity. It's hanging from a thread. I do it for the audience who understands the need. Standing on the stage, cut the shit and let it bleed. So he's doing this stuff. He's making this art. He's making this music, not just for, once again, not just for other people to connect. This is the way that he 
gets his sanity back. Yeah. This is the way that he's able to control his emotions, control those demons, mm-hmm. you know, put them on a leash, is by making this kind of art form and putting it out there. Yeah. It's more for him, less for the audience. You know, I mean, it's it's obviously both. It's, it's, it's a give and take. You know, he wouldn't be where he was if it wasn't for those people who obviously can relate. And I think that the last part about that, I do it for the audience who understands the need, stand on the stage, cut the shit and let it bleed, was a very dark, vivid, but appropriate um, lyric for exactly what he's talking about. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're dealing with people who cut themselves and, you know, they want to release. I swear almost everybody I've ever heard that's tried to commit suicide in some sort by, you know, slicing a wrist, they want to release. They want this pain and kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what he, that's his version of, of that. And once again, he doesn't hold back. He's not afraid to say what's on his mind. Now saying that going to one of my favorite songs, which is one of the darkest songs I've ever heard. And, um, this is off the album approaching normal, which has dirt room mm-hmm. that you're talking about. Right is their last track on this album say it was also their single on that that album too um but their last track on this album which was called the end okay and my god i first heard this and i was like what the fuck did i just listen to it's like (laughs) is this okay like did somebody have to call the cops on this guy like (laughs) is this but it was brilliant it was amazing, and it was it was a story. I mean, he is telling a story. It's not a poem necessarily. Like he's literally. I mean, it is. He he rhymes right. and stuff, but he's literally telling you a story. <laughs> and um, I just love this song. I want people who are into some dark shit, <laughs> especially, yeah, to listen to this song to get understanding. And I'm gonna give you the quick notes. So the song is about him standing outside on the lawn barefoot, staring through his window at a place that he used to call home. Okay. Watching his wife or ex-wife with another man. Mm. And then they move themselves up into the bedroom and he has to go see what's going on. So he sneaks into this, his old house and Damn. he talks about it. How I was like, oh, this used to be my living room, Mick. Um, and then he hears the moaning, <coughs> bouncing and clapping off every wall, you know, every wooden wall room. Mm-hmm. And then he pops into the room while they're doing it, and he just bursts in and pretty much is like saying, "It's like I know I'm not supposed to be here," kind of thing. <laughs> like, but I, I just had to see, you know, this new man, right? Um, who you're fucking because you've both been fucking me. (laughs) And it's like, so he's like, you know, he's like, why don't you do this last thing together as a pair while I cover your eyes or blindfold your fucking stare or whatever. And he pretty much pulls out a gun and shoots the guy. And, um, with an amazing, amazing rhythm into this entire song too. Um, and then he pretty much says like, so I was like, I didn't necessarily, um, He's like, or whatever. He's like, I didn't mean to alarm her, mm. but uh, I figured, you know, we could end this. So I'll make it, you know, quick and painless and <laughs> does it to the woman. And then the last bit of the song goes, um, 
Now think about your answers lying face down on the bed. I cocked the pistol, pulled the trigger, and all I saw was red. I gently stroke her arm as she lies lifeless on her back, then place the barrel in my mouth, and all I saw was black. Damn. I love that last line. That line inspired mm. me to write my short story, Hit Me With The Double. Oh, okay. That last line was, I then placed the barrel in my mouth and all I saw was black. That's what inspired me to write my short story, Hit Me With The Double. Damn. And you've read that story. Um, yeah. A long time ago, but yeah. I read it. And and that's that's what inspired that. It's a, it's a fucking... Man, it's an intense song, but it's it's good. But that just shows you the kind of writer that Justin is and how he doesn't hold back from his emotions. And then he can go write a beautiful, amazing song like Home, which is off his Sway album. And it's about finding like a family and holding on to that family. Yeah. So from coming from something where he's had hardship a horrible divorce, probably custody battles, going yeah. through all this shit. And then the reasoning for that was his wife pretty much says, you you weren't there for us. Mm. And he goes, you know, because he was out on the road doing living his dream. He's like, well, how do you think your fancy house got paid for and all the shit that yeah. you have? Right. I've been doing that. What have you been doing kind of thing? So, and this is what you're going to repay me for? Yeah. And I... I from the sounds of it, I kind of take on his side, but then again, it's it's kind of what happened with Christopher Titus too. Oh, God, his original I wife. I don't remember. Oh, I completely forgot that guy existed. Yeah, he uh, he was pretty he decent went, too. Went through a funny. pretty bad divorce, and his wife, I guess, cheated on him a lot. And then he he talks about it in one of his standups. He's like, she came in and said that for the last like however many years, he she's like he beat me and beat the children like every day. And he's like, and I, I wanted to look at the judge, but like, can you turn your head for like five minutes so I can make her not a liar? It's <laughs> pretty bold to say. Yeah. Well, I don't think he actually said that, but I think it was Still, like what he wanted to yeah. say. Yeah. They definitely felt it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, then Justin writes a song about, you know, it's called Home and it's, it's a beautiful song. It's one of my favorite songs by them as well. Because mm. um, it's on the lighter side of the spectrum. It's okay. more positive and... Uh, the 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 once again it's the chorus that kind of does it, where he says, uh, "Oh man, because we'll be dancing in the kitchen in the pale moonlight. Only care in the world is that our kids are all right. Daddy loves Mama, and Mama loves him. Tomorrow we get to do it all over again. Smile, mm-hmm. uh, so smile at me, baby. Take my breath away. With the good Lord willing, I'll happy to say." that daddy loves mama and mama loves him tomorrow we get to do over again so it's a beautiful song very very well written hmm. by Justin is just one of those fucking guys that he's gone through some shit in his life yeah. he knows how to put it down on paper and he knows how to put it out into music in a way that just nobody else does sure I can't compare him to anybody else um there's nobody they don't nobody does music like he does and diverse too like the dynamic and the music range itself everything from like this kind of heavier uh, grungy rock mm-hmm. to yeah some weird light alternative rock hmm. um i mean i don't need, i mean alternative rock is a pretty pretty 
bland way of ex- describing their music, I guess, putting them in a yeah. genre. But if you had to put them in a genre, that would make sense. Into the Ocean is a good song. It's yep. a very excellent a song. song. Very uh, story-like. Um, yeah, and Blue October. I just have such a fascination, such a almost an envious attachment to them because sure. I wish, I would love to be able to write like that. I'm amazed right. this dude hasn't written a book. Like, he has obviously things to say because he's still making music. Still, They just just released a new hit this year, oh, right. and it's pretty solid. Um, but, man, I just I would love to be able to write musically like, like he does. So, yeah, Justin. Right on. From, from Blue October. And um, it's not for everybody, but I, I freaking hmm. I freaking love those guys. Like, um, I think that I mean he's the primarily one I had to talk about. I have it's really tough because I have so many people I could talk right. about that really stick with me and influence with me. I've talked about Tim McMorris before. Sure. Um, and he's a, you know, North Carolina, yeah, he's from North Carolina and he's a independent solo artist who's done a lot of his own stuff. He's like produced and written his own stuff. And I think that he's one of the most positive writers <clears throat> I've, sure. I've listened to. And, he <clears throat> does it all too. He goes from hip hop to like a folk acoustic, um, like his song "Overwhelmed," which is a song about his wife. Right? How overwhelmingly in love he is with his wife. It's incredible. I love that. And then he has some songs that really take some seriousness, like "Hurting Land," which is a slow acoustic song that just like, especially now, it's mm-hmm. very, very poignant right. for what's going on right now in our in our society and um it just hits the mark and he then goes in to do some some hip-hop stuff which it, i love and i don't know he's very very versatile. very yeah very versatile he's very lyrical too he's talented as fuck because <laughs> he's, do, he's doing everything himself sure but one of the songs that really hit me was music's my life because he says exactly what I felt for the longest time. And one of the lines that really hits me is like, uh, I got angry because it didn't sound the same, you know, when I tried to put it out there as it did in my head. Yeah. And the frustration as an artist myself as a frustration is when you see something so clear in your head mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, there's this barrier, this, this veil that just blocks the tangibleness you know, being right. able to tangibly put it, mm-hmm. whatever it is out there. Yeah. It's the worst. It's like writer's block, but for like everything. Right. Best way I can think of it is you don't you sit at a computer, you don't have anything to say, you don't have anything to write, except for you do have it in your head and then you just can't get it out the way you want it to. And, um, or even worse, it's like those people who have speech impediments mm-hmm. who know what they're supposed to say and they just can't they physically just can't right it's kind of how i feel about 
like, you know, a lot of my art. And so that song particularly really struck a chord with me because I've always had an attachment to music. Mm-hmm. I wish I was a better musician. I wish I focused more on music, but I just got too many things going on in life and I don't have that uh, emotional connection that I used to have with music and Kaylee gives me shit for this. She says, well, it's because you're happy. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. When I was in a darker time or a darker place, that's what did it for me. That's where I put all my focus, my energy, even though it was still up there, like the best shit I've ever written was when I was depressed. Yeah. And, um, I think Pat Oswald has a bit about how being as a, as a comedian, he's like, I'm happy. And it's, terrible oh yeah as a comedian like there's nothing worse than a happy comedian right <laughs> yeah it's it's exactly it like i'm happiness it's terrible only in my art right it's, it's terrible for my art yeah because it's really tough to be emotionally everyone talks about tortured artists they don't talk about the happy ones yeah <laughs> um yeah i can't remember if it was the wallflowers or it was one of those 90, 90s bands mm-hmm. like that whose singer killed himself. All oh, the Wallflowers are still around. So. so it's not the Wallflowers. What is yeah. it? Dish, Dishwalla? Dishwalla? Maybe it's Dishwalla? Counting Blue Cars? That was a song I remember from Dishwalla. I can't so. remember. It, one of those types of artists, their singer, yeah. pretty much kill, it killed himself. And um, he had made a statement. He's like, well, I can't be sad all the time. <laughs> right. It's like it takes too much of a toll. And right. I think he killed himself. <laughs> so, well, that's, I mean, the Bobby McFerrin, the guy that wrote, don't worry, be happy, he fucking committed suicide. Right. <laughs> Which is ironic. Yep. Yep. It's tough. But I think that... Um, I think that's why I lean towards those sadder songs in general. I like sure. my slow, sad, emotionally driven songs because that's what I connect to is emotion. I've always prided myself in being very, um, very organically empathetic. Mm-hmm. I, I always have been as far as I know, and it's, it's essentially why I'm not a hunter. Yeah. I can hunt if I need to. If I need to go out and get some food, to survive oh yeah i won't question i won't bat an eyelash but i don't need to so i don't want to go kill an animal because i I feel bad i don't have it in me to like i tried hunting when i was younger because i lived in montana and that was just something you did Mm -hmm. and i couldn't do it um i probably at this point in my life i'm more likely to harm a person than i am an animal yeah (laughs) yep um that's that's me and that's uh I've joked around about that. Yeah. I'd rather hurt somebody else than, than hurt an animal. Like, I get annoyed at my cats, and I kick them around all the time. Not necessarily, not like, kick them across the room or anything. It's They're always under my feet. Yeah. Right? Especially Puma. Puma's always, Aspen's not so bad. Puma's always under my feet, and at least two or three times a day, I, mean, I kick him in the head, or mm-hmm. I step on his toes or his tail or something, because he just... He won't leave my feet. <laughs> Gimli has gotten to the point where he knows if I'm wearing my boots to stay out of the way. Like, oh. if I if I put on my boots and then try to go, like, go pet him, he runs away. Because I've stepped on him enough times that, like, he knows that those hurt. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, um... Puma doesn't listen, or doesn't learn. <laughs> At this point, I've probably created brain damage. I've, I've actually been concerned because there are times I've 
Yeah. Just walked, and I, I, I can't keep looking at my feet all the time I walk. <laughs> right. You know, and there are times I've kicked them pretty hard. I'm like, oh, my God, Puma. It's like, are you okay? But God damn it, cat. <laughs> Get away from my feet. So. I definitely have a couple artists, other artists, but I think for the most part, it's, I think Justin's the only one I wanted to talk about today. So I'm going to have to save it for later for another time. Cause That's legit. I would have to probably narrow down the, a couple artists that I would want right to talk about again. It's, it's also tough because, like, I'm looking at artists and songwriters as a whole. Yeah. Not just a couple songs I think are just insanely amazing right. or I'm connected with. Um, so it's it's a lot harder to oh for sure narrow it down. I mean, I mean, yeah. But Blue October for sure, Justin. Some of the most real shit that I've ever heard. <laughs> I used sure. to hate them too. When I first heard them, the only song I liked was "Hate Me," and oh, uh, most definitely my ex girlfriend at the time loved them. And I think that's why I hated him. <laughs> it's because I just didn't like her. <laughs> Fuck her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we were dating, but I didn't really like her. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. And we dated for like a year. I even lived with her for Oof. a while. But um, she was, her favorite band was All American Rejects. And I'm like, yeah, they should have been rejected a long time ago from right. America. That's something we'll have to unpack at a different time. <laughs> right. Uh, um, so... I think uh, I want to say for the next music podcast, mm-hmm. the subject I want to I want to talk on is concept albums because I think they're fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And so I want to start getting a list together of concept albums you want to talk about, and then some that I'll talk about. Oh, jeez, I don't even know if I have any that I, I can't think of any. I'd have to probably do some some yeah, research because the only one I can really think of at the moment. Would uh, would be uh, Cohen and Cambria, right? But I don't listen to them. <laughs> well, right? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Well, I'd that'll be, be the next uh, the next time we talk about music. I want to talk about concept albums and some of the ones that we yeah we know and some of the ones that we didn't realize were concept albums because there have been a couple like that. I'm gonna have to do some digging on that one for sure. Yeah, most definitely. So that'll give us some homework to do. Um, I mean, I always give myself homework. Right, <laughs> Captain Overachiever <laughs> over there. Uh, I did have a. I mean, we can we can save it for next time. I did find those uh, some other questions that I had, and we'll have to talk about next time. Can can, can I put like soundtracks on that for concept? I'm just I'm just kidding. The whole thing just, is kind of saying like that's <laughs> a, I think that's kind of cheating. It is. That's why I found a loophole. Uh, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, you, I think that'd be I think that'd be cool. Um, oh, we we. Uh, we gotta do our shuffle, oh, our yes. ran, random Fuck. random okay. shuffle list, and we gotta do the album. And I think, I mean, yeah. unless there's anything else you want to talk about, I mean, no, I mean, I think we it's about twelve o'clock, so yeah. probably the shortest podcast we've had. Well, per, pretty close. We're it's, still we're still you know approaching twenty minutes or two hours twenty minutes. What the fuck is wrong with me? An hour and thirty eight minutes right now. So it's oh, the shortest one we've had. Yeah, let's see. That's what somebody has to go home, home so soon. Don't you judge me because I have to work in the morning and shit. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Well, kind of. I mean, I got to babysit. You know, be a stay-at-home dad. Yeah. 
Uh, what do you got? You go first this time. I went first last time. I'm going to go first. All right. So if you don't recall, if you're at least a repeat listener and you've listened to all our stuff, we did our first music podcast. We wanted to do like a random shuffle off a playlist. Yeah. Um, me and Aram have two different, you know, we have a variety of music that's very similar, but we also have a variety of music that's different. It was just one yeah. of those things where we wanted to randomly pick a selection from our own playlist of whatever yeah. sort, whatever format, and just kind of talk about that song, if we have something to say about it, <coughs> what it means to us, whatever it is, why why it's on our playlist, essentially. Yeah, for sure. So um, I wasn't prepared to go first, so just give me a moment here. <laughs> well, I can go first if I have to. Well... I, I want to make sure that I'm not going to... Okay, so... My random song is Revis. Okay. And yep, it's yep. Seven. The okay. song Seven. Not my favorite Revis song, but... So... I... This was one of those songs where it kind of went into that depressing, sad mm-hmm. song stage of mine or, and stuff that I like. Uh, the state that I was in when this album came out was in high school and I was pretty depressed. I was yeah. depressed for a long time, to be honest. And uh, so I think it was just one of those things where Caught in the Rain was their big single, and mm-hmm. I heard that, and then I heard it on, like, it was the Daredevil soundtrack. and Yeah. And then uh, somehow they had two songs on that album that I was like, I really like Spin and and Seven. Yeah. I remember Seven. I, I liked Seven. It wasn't, of the three, it wasn't my favorite. Mm-hmm. Spin was probably my favorite. Caught in the Rain probably the, it was more, okay. more memorable because yeah. it's on so much stuff, and it was mm-hmm. their big hit. At seven, I remember, and like it was, yeah, it was the third song that I really actually kind of enjoyed, but I didn't enjoy it as much as the other ones. Well, I, I f- it sounds like it's just like a breakup song, mm-hmm. or essentially maybe this uh, somebody passing of a song. Sure, whatever it is, it's it's some kind of loss, right? And uh, so it definitely fit appropriate for the time that I was, you know. Mm-hmm. listening to it but uh i think that's all i can really say i think what reason why i like the song is it's a it's a sadder softer melody yeah it hit it all does, the right notes at the right time yep and yeah. i think the lyrics are pretty on point for when when i sure. needed it yeah so exactly yeah that's all that needs to be said about it really i mean i will say like reading the lyrics right now the the last verse i can see very excellent it's very probably exactly what caught me is uh can i be the same the rain is falling the rain is falling now today we're leaving our souls are calling now the stars on his right holding seven right now the rain is Hmm. very poetic i like it i don't think i've ever read the lyrics to it yeah it's quick not a lot to it yeah but yeah i think that's uh that's all i gotta say about that one for sure what about you uh, so the song that I pulled up was called, it's by Big Gigantic. The song's called Good Times Roll. Um, and so Big Gigantic is an EDM group. Um, they're, they, I guess they're actually categorized as an electronic dance act. But it's, 
it's a drummer and a saxophonist. Oh, that's nice. Um, like a real drummer? Like, yeah, like a dr- actual house cons- kit? Or consisting of like drummer Jeremy Salkin and saxophonist and producer Dominic Lolly. Um, so it, so it's, it also features Grizz, who I'm not entirely... Grizz? Yeah, I'm not super familiar, familiar with. I think he's an EDM artist. Okay, it sounds familiar. Um, but... So it's just it's a it's a nice upbeat song. Um, I really dig the saxophone in it. Uh, it was kind of what caught me. Um, I'm, I'm a huge fan of this like weird trend of like obscure not obscure instruments but like instruments you don't generally hear coming back into certain bits of music. Like say the I think it's really cool they include uh, saxophone in this one. Um, Saxophone has made a comeback in a couple different areas, like a couple metal bands from Australia that I've been listening to have saxophone in them for some strange reason. And I just just fucking love the way they include them. Um, But anyway, so Good Times Roll is just a nice, upbeat song. Uh, It's got a good beat. Uh, There's not a lot to talk about. It's just a fun song to listen to, and it just kind of makes me a little happier when I listen to it, I guess, so... That's right. kind of what I got for that. And what was the song called? Uh, Good Times Roll by uh, Big Gigantic. I've played the song for you before. That, I think you were over at one of our old apartments, and I think Liam was dancing to it yeah. one time when you were over. Big big Gigantic. Yeah. I think They've that's got ginormous. <laughs> right. <laughs> They've got a number of albums out, so they're pretty, pretty big from what I can tell. I All don't right. have a lot of their stuff, but... I'll listen to some of it. All right. That's, I think that's the problem, like, especially the older I get. Yeah. Man, I, I have to have something in front of me to, like, reference off because yeah. I'm picking up new music. I don't remember music like I used to or albums or something. Like, in mm-hmm. high school, every single – I mean, I, I have to look at them. But I yeah. can tell you. And I have, like, three CD cases. So I have, like, at least two or 300 CDs. In those cases, I could tell you every single CD that I owned. Right. And uh, I can't do that now. <laughs> I couldn't do that if I tried. Right. So, and not to mention, I could tell you at least a majority of those tracks on those albums, like, pretty yeah. much on point. So, but nope, nah. The older I get, the more music I accumulate, some of that shit's got to go. Yeah. Oh, shit. So, shall well. We, shall we, we generate our yeah, album? Yeah, let's do it. I, uh, I have it up already. Dope. So... Once again, we we did this on our last one. We're going to do this random generator for music album. And we're going to uh, sit there and we're, we're going to listen to it like yeah. we did for Abbey Road. We'll, we'll try to broaden our horizons a little yep. bit here. And uh, eventually we'll start doing as soon as when we run out of movies and shit to talk about, we'll probably do that too. Right. Uh, that'll be a while off. Yeah, that will be a while. Like me and Aram can talk about music endlessly but if we're not like able to play a lot of music yeah we kind of go okay well, well what do we talk about now <laughs> right because we're more of like hey i want to show you the song yeah and uh we we have the same thing about films but the difference about film is that i feel like we have more just more to say about films well and i don't there, really and know so many times correct. we go like so many times we go, oh, I remember this movie. Have you seen this movie because of that one? Yeah. And it's it's like the rabbit hole. Like, I find myself jumping down rabbit holes where it's like on Spotify because that's what I listen to music through. I'll, like, look at an artist and then it's all of a sudden it gives you, like, 
12 artists that like, oh, because you like them, you may like these 12. And I have yep. to go, okay, well, now I have to fucking figure those guys out. Right. And then I get other lists from them, and it, yep. it turns into a time suck for me. Like I, I essentially call it, like, since YouTube came out, it's the YouTube yeah. thing is, is the same thing. YouTube is horrible, especially for insomniacs. I think it was built specifically for insomniacs. <laughs> Oh, you can't sleep. We'll just go on YouTube. YouTube well, that's to keep YouTube, you awake forever. <laughs> YouTube is nowadays is infomercial. Yeah. Like, you know, it's the, the I mean, Fight Club when he's sitting up at night and he, he can't sleep and all he's yeah. watching is infomercials. That's all you had. Yeah. Oh, I bought everything from the catalog. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, I, I mean, unless you had HBO and Skinamax, I mean, you didn't, you had nothing else to watch. No. I, Remember, I was so in tune with music that I would sit at the computer at, in high school. I'd sit at the computer and just like listen to music or find. I would do that exact same thing. I would just look for music, no matter where it was. Somehow, I was able to yeah. find more music, and more music, and more music, or this related artist or whatever. I remember I did that with MySpace. That was something I, I did like about MySpace yep. was I found a lot of artists through MySpace. Like Red, sure. Red was one of them. I told you that story about like yeah, yeah. you know and back in my space and but I used to sit there and write lyrics mm-hmm. and I would I'd need some influence you know yeah and that was kind of what I did for the majority and I'd go upstairs and when my you know dad and mom came home and kicked me out of the computer room so they can right. go to bed I'd go upstairs and I'd watch movies yeah so, for sure you know all right, let's do this. Let's see what we got. So we're going to do a, uh, a random list generator. So we're doing it from randomlist.com, and we're going to do one album. Or yep. do you want to do more? We'll see. If we do more, then we each take one and have to actually give our own fucking reviews on it. I think it's how we got to do it. Oh, man. Which right, means, let's, let's stick with one for right now. We'll, yeah. we'll see. That might be something we jump into later, but right. let's stick with one for right now. All right, here it is. Boom. Casey Musgraves, Golden Hour. Fuck, I already can tell I'm not going to like it. <laughs> it's some chick with a, like, blue sky, and she's holding a, like, a fan, like a... Oh, Christ, it's a country fan. album. Oh, God. Maybe. Damn it. It look like a country artist. But, yeah, so once again, we will be listening to Casey McGraves. And that's M-U-S-G-R-A-V-E-S. And then the album is called Golden Hour. So, yeah. Got anything else you uh, want to say, Aaron? Uh, Before we wrap this up? No, I think I'm pretty, pretty caught up, I think. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, well, uh, future things is um, still looking at trying to set up a website or like an email address, I should say. Maybe yeah. not a website. Yeah, we're not. We're not there. Yet. We're not that. We're not that big. Um, <laughs> but we're we're still going to look at uh, setting up a email address. So, um, you guys, if you end up wanting to get a hold of us or comments or whatever, advice, positive yeah. feedback is always welcome. Yep. Uh, negative feedback can go fuck itself. Yep. And um, as soon as I figure that shit out, I'll let you know. We'll post it up. Otherwise, you can try to find us on Facebook. I did set up a little Facebook thing yep. at BNB Banter Bros. And um, you can try to leave comments there. I, I don't know how. 
I don't know shit about Facebook. I think you can. Mm-hmm. Should be able to. So, it's kind of going the way of the dodo at this point. Right? Like, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. If you can figure it out, go ahead and do it. I'll check it. when we can figure out how to get to them. Right. I check <laughs> it at least once a day. So. Word. Um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, catch you next time. So this is Timothy Bennett. And Aaron Banyan. And thank you for listening to BNB Banter Bros. Have a good one. Later.